0: What is up Mets fans welcome back to another episode of the Mets the podcast just won a series against the Cubs Playing for a wild card spot there for the Chicago Cubs playing a little bit of spoiler right now taking two of three Some good baseball being played a lot of stuff to talk about Pete Alonzo's hot Phil Bickford getting his first save And we're gonna talk about the Brett Beatty demotion down to triple-a Everything going on in Mets world for you guys, as always, on Mets Up. Make sure you're following us over on our social media, at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you want to see the video version of this. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe. We appreciate you. James, back at Citi Field, it yes. was rocking tonight.
1: Citi Field was rocking tonight. This was one of the best crowds I think we've had at Citi Field in in a little while Uh, felt good football jersey giveaway was really cool and the energy of the fans in the stadium was amazing throughout like we met a lot we kind of traveled around the ballpark a lot tonight and we played our uh met's immaculate grid game in center field beforehand got some great engagement there gonna be some cool tiktoks coming to you guys soon and just hanging out with people in the stands Everyone was great tonight a lot of good vibes a lot of podcast listeners came and said hello we met the highlight of the night was certainly the little child that we met up the first baseline this kid was so genuinely happy to be at the Mets game. And he also, for sure, jacked up on sugar. Crazy jacked up on sugar. He was, like, holding onto the rail going, like, ah, I'm having so much fun! He said that out loud. He screamed it. He couldn't stop fist-bumping me and giving me yes. high fives. He wasn't even watching the game. He was just he interested. He was watching a little bit. He was excited. And he was doing the fist-bump with the oh. right after. Yeah, exploding it. It was He was fun. It was really cool to see, like, the genuine love of, like, the Mets and just, like, that weird, bittersweet feeling of, like, feeling the stadium rocking and, like, thinking back over the last year and just, like, seeing that. Like, see the way the season has gone. But really nice to have the fans in tow going crazy for a night.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Especially, like, that Pete home run, which we'll talk about his hot streak here in a little bit. But that Pete home run in, what was it, the fifth or fourth inning, whatever it was, to, Third, to tie the game up for the Mets in game three. I mean,
1: the crowd roared. Absolutely roared. And, like, we looked at each other like, this place is really loud tonight. Same with the Jeff McNeil home run in the sixth inning to take the lead. It was a lot of action in the stands. It was a re- and It was a really, really good crowd. It kind of reminds you of... What Mets fans really are. Yeah, like we talked about this with my dad at a, call a couple hours ago. But like Mets fans were born and bred from summers like this. Yeah, <laughs> we, you know, if you if you're a Mets fan because you like the winning teams, you might not really be a Mets fan. You're, like, you're this not there is, yet. This is where we come from. This is where we were born out of. This is this is what we exist in. Doesn't mean we're happy that no, we're in this situation not. there's no complacency i'd love to get comfortable with being a very much like a winning winning you know team but let's say my, my, my point is that just because this team isn't having the season they hope for it doesn't mean mess fans aren't going to show up and aren't going to be passionate yeah that's that was, the whole thing
0: definitely cool and the to get back to the beginning of the series here before the first game started we found out about brett beatty's demotion which is something that i think we saw was always a possibility with the way that he had been playing he hasn't just been the same. I think he even said at one point, like uh, when talking to the media or whatever, that the game has felt a little bit fast. And I think you could kind of tell that a little bit. Didn't look comfortable at the plate. Didn't look comfortable in the field at times. What do you think about the demotion for Brett? I think that it is
1: something that I expect to help him. I also think it's like it's kind of like a, a, we always talk about it here. It's a little bittersweet because it really felt like there was a point this spring, especially that Friday night game in May against the Guardians, where yeah. he was really turning a corner. That was May 19th. And at the time, he'd hit a big home run that game to start the Mets' comeback. Cool opposite field home run as well with the black jersey, feeling himself. He's 100 play appearance into the season at that point because he spent the first few weeks of the season down in AAA. He had a 113 WRC+, a 20% strikeout rate, and 9% walk rate. And he was chasing far less than league average. He had a 25% chase rate while league average was up by 32%. Fantastic. And 10% barrels in a small sample, which is a really good benchmark for having appropriate power and is far better than the league average. So it kind of felt like he'd been you know, kind of treading water and being better than average, doing a lot of things well, hitting the ball hard, not extending the zone. And he was kind of about to go on that streak. And then since that time, since May 20th, it's really, it just kind of seemed like got really hard for Brad. 213 plate appearances since then. That strikeout rate ballooned to over 30%. The chase rate went up to 31%. He had an 8% walk rate, went down a little bit. 60 WRC plus. And yeah. only 10 extra base hits in those 213 plate appearances. And, and I
0: feel like that was kind of the big thing that you were noticing was like there was more swing and miss in his game, but the, the power, the punch, that we saw from Brett Beatty in spring training or earlier in the season, like you said, in those first 100 plate appearances, just wasn't really there. And that would make sense with his comments about like,
1: saying the game's moving a little fast. And you hear guys, you see guys extend the strike zone, you know there's pressure on them, especially this was a Mets team that had was under a lot of scrutiny early in the season, had a lot of pressure on them, wasn't meeting expectations, and he was a guy getting regular play appearances in the middle of batting order. you can kind of feel that he was pressing a little bit. And you've heard baseball players talking. When you kind of start to expand the strike zone, that's a telltale sign of pressing. Squeezing the bat too tight, thinking more than playing. And when you're at that position, that's not a good thing to do. And we kind of talked about when his baseball, uh, baseball savant page went live, when he was finally qualified how red his whole page was. It looked great. It did, and it kind of fell apart. And this this chase rate and the whiff rate were the two big reasons why that led him striking out more and making worse contact, and he was still having his ground ball issues. So the contact he was making wasn't as, um, I don't know, wasn't as powerful. Wasn't as advantageous. No. So and then him saying the game feels fast, you kind of do think you just need a breather. Yep. And I think that... There's a lot of Mets fans, and we Mets fans, we're quick to jump on certain things. Yeah, We're very quick to jump in every direction. I think a lot of Mets fans are pretty disgruntled and think that, oh my God, Brett Bailey, never gonna be great, but you kind of look, it's very easy to look around the league and see that this prospect development, we say this to you guys almost every episode now, is not linear. No. You can look and find so many examples, both with the Mets and then just around baseball of the last five or so years of guys who've gone up and down and still found a ton of success in their careers.
0: No, I mean there's a guy that used to play for this team in particularly that's having a pretty great MLB career with Michael Conforto, a guy who came up in twenty fifteen during that World Series run. Straight from double A. Straight from double A was a big part of it. And then eventually got into those struggles. We remember the Mass and game. Like that ruined him essentially at Literally. that time. And then he got sent down. You go down, you work on stuff, you fix it. You almost just kind of get to play baseball, which is something that I think Brett Beatty probably just needs to get back to a little bit. Not thinking about the situation, the pressure, playing in New York, whatever it is that is clearly making the game feel a little bit fast and just go back to playing baseball. Because when we know he's playing his, like just when he's comfortable and relaxed, he's playing his best baseball and he's a very good baseball player.
1: And Conforto is a good example to compare Brady to for the way they've jumped around. Because ba- Brett Beatty up to this point has only played 15 games in AAA. It's nothing. And a guy who came straight out of high school, even though he's 19 years old, and got caught up by the COVID year, losing that year of development. He's never played more than 90 games at any particular level of baseball in his career. Wow. Never. Never major league, never double A, never single A, never high, never low A, nowhere. That's He's never played shocking. more than 90 games at one level. Sometimes you play more than 90 games in a summer, like right? In so, club so baseball. This is a guy that moved very quickly through the system. And he moved very quickly because he was seemed very advanced. He was taking pitches. He was getting to his power. He was just really advanced approach to the play, especially for someone you're drafting out of high school, not even someone out of college. Brett Bailey's still 23 years old right now. There Yum. were players just taking the MLB draft. We're about six months younger than Brett Bailey. Yeah. Truly. There's players coming into the Mets system right now, about the same age as Brady, going down to A-ball. Yeah. And he was in the major leagues, just played 86 games here. So I do think that there's there's definitely, again, development's not linear. There's a lot of directions you can go here, and it's not like get the tick of the point every single time. You get an achievement, you get one more point of power. It's not how it works. Look at the guy, like, this is a really crazy example, but I think it's pertinent because it's happening right now. Luis Camposano. Yep is someone who was a marquee prospect as early as well, like 2018, 2019? Well, like four or five years ago, yeah. Right, and he's even still right now about, I think he's 24 years old. Fact check me on that okay, one, I'll look 25. Up, yeah. He has gone up and down majors and minors four times, with the most recent fourth time being on July 19th of this year. And 24. He, 24, so he's only 24 years old. About you're only year older than Bailey, <laughs> which goes to show you like these international high school guys, how much baseball they play really, without playing as much as the college guys. But Campusano, since coming back up on July 19th, has a 350, 390, 580 slash with a 170 WRC And that's not indicative of what he's gonna do the rest of his career. This is a guy that went up and down four times in his baseball career after being a marquee prospect. And right now at 24 is finding his stride. I mean, you could talk about CJ Abrams, who's been up and down a couple
0: times. He's playing really, really good baseball. Isaac Paredes, another guy who's been playing out of his
1: mind for the Rays. He couldn't figure it out in Detroit whatsoever. Alec Bohm. Even Paredes was sent down, also played minor league baseball at the Rays after it was traded. He's been yeah. up twice this year. Alec Boehm was great in 2020 about a 45 game sample when he came up. He was miserable in 2021, had to go back down to the minor leagues to end that year for offense as much as defense. And then even 2022, he got a full year to play again and was still worse than league average. So three years into the majors, now his fourth year, he's really seeming to come into his own here. And he played in college at Wichita State. There you go. So this prospect stuff, this isn't just like, you get on the track and you go, that's not how it works. But I do think that there's still so much in Brett Bay's profile. There's so many things he does well that I really would caution Mets fans not to overreact to this demotion. Yeah, Keith,
0: before the game when they were talking about it, I feel like gave a really good soundbite that I hope Brett could somehow get to listen to because Keith was like, listen, like I got all the confidence in the world in this kid. Like, I've seen him play. He's a great baseball player, but things just seem like they're moving too fast. Go down, relax, take it easy, play baseball, play the game that you know how to play because that's what got you here. Everybody saw the way that you hit, saw the way that you were patient at the plate, played third base, whatever it was. That's what got you to the majors. Go back. Find how to play like that again, and you will be back in no time doing great things. So I thought that was really cool to hear
1: from Keith Hernandez, who's one of the best Mets players of all time. Definitely. And, I mean, who better to hear about the path of development someone who had a crazy path development himself? Yeah. I mean, like Keith Hernandez, talk about him. Like, he, at, like, what, in his early 30s, he seemed like he was a guy who was kind of on his last legs his baseball career. And then he came and had an amazing second prime with the Mets, had the Lems World Series, won the first silver slugger, I believe, in team history, did a lot of great things, became a captain, like, Baseball's not a straight line. It's not how it happens. We've and, been
0: uh, spoiled with guys who have come up and instantly been great. Yeah. Just in, as baseball fans in general. Or even on this team, Francisco Alvarez Incredible. being one of them. Like, he's so good at such a young age. But like you said, like it's just not that easy. Mike Trout had a horrible first year in Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge looked horrendous. Like There's countless scenarios where you look at these young players that
1: get their first chance or first real shot. And they can't figure it out until a little bit later. Even the second shot. Even the third shot. Right now, Luis Camposano's on the fourth shot. It looks like he could be uh, a shot in the arm. That would be, <laughs> be a little corny right there for the Padres' playoff push. Yeah, they're making a scary push there. Yeah, but that's, we, that's, that's the Brett Bailey spiel. So everyone, keep believing in Brett Bailey. Keep an eye on Brett Beatty. He'll Don't be back. worry about it. He'll be back very soon. He'll be a good ball player. But now jump into the series. Because Messi just win a series against the Cubs. Yeah, and I mean, Pete Alonso. Yeah. Pete Alonso owns the Cubs and has been smoking
0: the ball recently. Every single game this year, he's just playing phenomenally well.
1: Yeah, this uh, game one for Pete was one of his best of the entire year. Two home runs, six RBIs, four hard-hit balls in this one. Two of those over 105 miles an hour. I dropped that stat on you guys about how infrequently Pete had two battered balls in one game that were over 105 miles an hour while he had the wrist thing going on. This is now his third game with two bad balls in play Over 105 miles an hour since July 25th. Yeah, and I
0: I mean, I see the stats that you put in here. He's literally been great all year, except for the two months, basically. And the two months really only about 30 games. And sprinkled in with a little injury in there as well. It's Mm -hmm. not like it was just like this whole thing. Hi, guys. Hey, John. Welcome back.
2: You just said, it's been two months. And then you're like, yeah, it's like 30 games. So that's one month. Well, 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 because he he missed three
0: weeks. Two weeks. All-star break.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean, John. Two months of time. Time time moves slow at this time, no, John? Time isn't linear. Time, Time is not, is not linear. linear, yeah. That's a fact. But while we're getting, Circle. we're going to stop getting meta on you guys for a second. But from opening day, two-piece wrist injury in Atlanta, he had 22 home runs in 61 games with a 137 WRC+, and 19% strikeout rate. From that Braves injury to the end of the White Sox series, which was, what, four weeks ago now? Three yeah. weeks ago now? Four home runs in 27 games, or two months, as John would like to put it, with a 62 WRC+, and 25% strikeout rate. And then since then, this update updated now with today, nine home runs in 18 games, It was a 211 WRC plus coming into the game on Wednesday. And a 16% strikeout rate, which is going lower. He's blazing hot. Blazing hot. And it's just... It really shows how this offense moves when like him and Lindor are swinging it. Yeah. They just put up a lot of runs. It's just kind of how it works. Do, especially with Alvarez up there in that two spot where he <sighs> seems to be very, very comfortable there. But love him there. Love him. In, in that game as well on Monday, Lindor, three hits, three runs scored, and three balls in play over 100 miles an hour. So that's now the third time he's done that in three weeks. Noticeably hitting the ball hard. Yeah, and another one for John here, Xander Bogart's only done that twice in his entire career. Why are you taking shots at me? And I'm just saying. Just I'm saying. Nobody's taking shots. No reason you, in particular. No, not, two not in very
2: particular. good shortstops. The Mets got themselves a great shortstop. Uh-oh. yeah I that's would, right john
1: they, they better, do got themselves a the better one. one the better one right The better one 100 percent That's right they got 100%. it john and then alvarez the best shortstop in the sport how about that and then alvarez in this game i hit a walk two run score and three hard balls so the middle of the mets order was really crushing my guy drew smiley and it was really nice to see yeah i mean it's good
0: because drew smiley we know has been known to throw a gem against the mets for absolutely no reason whatsoever so being able to smack him around was really really nice especially in a just such a bizarre game because yeah, the rain that came in after yeah. Kodar, Kodai had a great start. Just I can't even believe they played
1: that game afterwards. It was so late. I know, it, was like, it was like that's the second game the Mets have been resumed like after eleven o'clock at night in the last two weeks. I'm sure you guys, all the, the full time folks here, must really enjoy that. I
2: enjoyed it. Did you guys watch the uh, resumption from when they came back yes. to the final? I did not actually. No, you missed Andy Mendick's home run. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, it's your favorite player. I know. I was. I was psyched. <laughs> Mark sent re- the
0: text. Were you jumping up in the booth?
2: Yeah, it was a big moment. It was, uh, it, was it was great. <laughs> Getting high fives around from yeah. everybody. Cub killer. I mean, really. Well, he you know played cross town, so a lot of that's exposure. Yeah, but yeah, true. good career numbers against the uh, Chicago Cubs.
1: Mets just, Mets really just hammered Cubs pitching in this game. They had eleven balls in play over 100 miles an hour. Just power all over the place. We talked about Pete. Dor, Alvarez, and top of that, Sanga. Another really good start. Just a good pitcher. Just a really good pitcher. Straight yeah. up good. He has the third lowest ERA in the
0: National League. Yeah,
1: and the I think the ninth best strikeout, fourth best strikeout rate, and those that's are sick. And that's the tenth best ERA in all of baseball, and the ninth best strikeout rate in all of baseball. Pretty and pretty he, gross. He's a
0: rookie. He's a rookie. That fork ball, ghost fork, is absolutely disgusting. Sorry, it's not a fork ball. It's, yeah, a it's ghost, ghost fork. fork ghost fork.
1: Yeah, and. That Ghost Fork got seven whiffs on 11 swings. That put its whiff rate up to 58.9%, which is still the best whiff rate on any individual pitch in the league. But uh, a little little, little, little bad thing here. Ian Happ got the sixth hard-hit ball off the Ghost Fork all year. Oh, no. A 97.3-mile-an-hour single. He did it. He did it. He did it. A single. Congratulations, Ian Happ. Suzuki got say Suzuki got one of them too in the series we played in Wrigley. So the Cubs have two of the six hard-hit balls off the Ghost Fork all year. Interesting. Say Suzuki had a good little series. It's a good little ball it's player. It's a good ball player. And yeah. they don't even play him every day, which is I kind know, of crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And last thing about Sanga, this color is becoming a huge part of his repertoire. He dropped such a nice backdoor one oh, yeah. on Chris from in the second inning. He was really like getting like pinpointing that low and outside corner against the righties all game. Third time in six starts, that's been his most thrown pitch. So it seems like this color is going to be the new thing that's pushing Kodasenko forward.
0: No, I was watching that game. you are like, oh, man, there they are. Yeah, They're the Mets. Yeah, no. They're the
1: Mets. there are the Cubs. Because the Cubs, such a fake good team.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: The Cubs are a fake good team. They they just throw a lot of stuff at you. you They, They are, you know what they are? They're like super average yeah as as the season keeps going on you kind of feel like the wildcard teams the wild card teams you felt like were going to be there a month ago starting and that were shift the phillies the giants and the padres very clearly the next three best teams in the national league behind the winners johns marlins are completely falling apart at the <clears throat> seams cincinnati reds i think they, they, they might have a hot streak in them but it's been tough recently and the cubs also like the cubs bullpen it leaves so much to be desired so starting rotations it's so blah although your boy jameson tyone Great game. did dice us up in yeah, game two. B- Best start of the season. He's, he's actually been hot recently. He had a really bad start to the year. A well, miserably bad. Start they were talking
0: to the about year. it on the broadcast and they were saying that Tyone, when they signed him, signed him for like four seven for 78. Mm-hmm. They came in, they're like, Hey, change your pitch that's like you're really good with your, your curveball. It's changed to a sweeping curve. It was terrible. It was part of the reason why I struggled. He went back to the old curveball. And I mean, as we saw in game two, he's been filthy since then, which I it just makes me like ask the question. If you, if you gave the guy $80 million, yeah. why did you ch- be like, you know what? Change something. Even though we just paid you all this money, we
1: think you're not doing it right. Yeah, see that? The, his sweeper is way up and the slider way down this year. Well, the curveball has been consistent. Interesting. And, I mean, I've you, you talk about Tyon being a guy. I love Tyon. I've always loved the pitch mix. The fact that he was one, such a high pick. He's gone through two Tommy John surgeries and actually gotten back from them and been good. And he also battled testicular cancer yep. in the minor leagues. The perseverance of this he's guy to fight through what he's gotten through. He is a dog. He's a complete dog. He's been on about three different teams now. And he looks like he's just kind of going to settle into this nice little back end of his career. I know this, the stats look very bad, but you can see the adjustments. You can see how hard of a worker he is. You can see how much of a bulldog he is on the mound. Like, he's a guy who you kind of want in any clubhouse.
0: Carrasco, too, a bit of a bulldog. Had a nice little start through five innings for the Mets there. He got pulled right before things started to get a little bit ugly for him, which was good timing, I think. Yeah. Pete hit that first inning home run because, of course, he did because mm-hmm. he's Pete Alonso against the Cubs, and he owns them. John, maybe you could pull up some uh, Pete stats against the Cubs for his crew because I know they are Ridiculous.
2: disgusting. Did you guys see what we did on the board tonight? I don't know. We were were walking around a bit. Got it. So I found this this morning. Um, Pete entered the game with one home run in roughly every 6.6 career at-bats against the Cubs. Wow. The only player in MLB history with a better rate against Chicago? Mark McGuire. That is correct. Yeah, let's go. That is correct. And that rate is the best in Mets history. The second best rate was every nine at-bats, Robin Ventura against the Pirates. So head and shoulders above the competition. It's He's all, he had big home runs against the Cubs. His rookie year, they went to Wrigley. It was, I think, late June. He had a home run that surpassed Daryl Strawberry for the single-season Mets rookie record. And then, James, you know what I'm going to say?
1: No. Is that not, a very famous series all I was gonna in Chicago? Yes, it is. That uh, series in Chicago ended poorly. Yeah. Yes, it, yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. believe Javi Baez had a big home run that Sunday. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But
2: then Pete set the Mets single-season home run record here at City Field yes. with a home run against Yu Darvish. Yeah. I was at that in game. late August. That yeah. series kind of was the end of that season. I'll, I'll, also, I'll, I'll never forget really
0: Victor Caratini yeah. hitting two home runs against the team. I was, I was yeah. at that
1: game too. At my cousins from Greece were here, and oh. I was I was at Sephora with them. And thank goodness I got to miss that one. You know, this is funny having this game tonight. It kind of felt like we we're looking through a parallel universe of where the Mets were last year when the Cubs came to town, mm. and how that series kind of felt like the beginning of bad times it, then. I think that was also that was right when Vito started here. That was when I was eating, doing the nine hot dogs. Oh, oh and yeah. The, heck yeah! Good yeah, times. And, and the and the Cubs came and really just made us be like, what, what what's going on with this team right now? Like something felt wrong. Yeah, and now we kind of just probably opened the Cubs' eyes to the fact that they might not really be in as good a spot as they thought they were. We could go either. No, no. And for the rest of that game,
0: not much. Narvaez got an extra base hit. Yeah, the only one after Pete in the first inning. Yep, and uh, smoked it over. Was
1: it Talkman in right field's head? Yeah, the Talkman, My, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, yeah, yeah. Mike Trout. Of course, it's, it's amazing that now twice in twice in four summers we've had like summers of Talkman. Might just be good. Yeah, where he's just gonna hit like double digit home runs and have like an eight fifty OPS and play really good defense in the outfield. What do you got? John? I do
2: want to shout out one thing that happened uh, game two. So I'm not a big wrestling guy at all. I don't know if you guys are.
0: I'm not
1: not at all. But
2: L A Knight was here, big WWE superstar, and got a shout out Vito, who told me that he grew up. Wanting to be a wrestler-writer, like writing storylines, and I didn't I did. know that. Well, I did. And we had LA Knight, and we were like, you know, we want to do something cool. And Vito came up with great storylines. We did a whole in-game thing. Nice. It was really cool. So if you were here, you saw it. Um, LA Knight was great. Mike Janello was great. And Vito was super creative.
0: So wrestling writer.
3: Yeah, I did not want to be a wrestler. I wanted to write. For wrestling because uh, it seemed less taxing on the body. It's definitely, of course. And uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of
1: wrestlers don't live long. So, and <laughs> yeah. as a seven year old, I
3: thought about
2: that. <laughs> weirdly. Were you really? You were thinking about mortality though <laughs> when you were that's,
1: that's deep. <laughs> that also feels like a lot that happens outside the ring rather than inside the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Rick Ric Flair not living long. I mean, I think he's actually still alive. <laughs> Rick Flair is a legend of the game, but I think that's more Woo. about what else happened than what did happen inside there. I do want to say John learned wrestling
3: terms so well. He was in meetings with I'm WWE people. I'm a sponge. I'm people. a sponge. What us, can I say? Give
0: us a term,
2: John. Oh, if you're a good guy, you're a face. There if you you go. you're a bad guy, you're a
0: heel. heel yeah. yeah.
3: I
1: was gonna go. walk
2: in here because I was a little late to the uh, to to the show. I was gonna <laughs> come here do a little shimmy, like a little have my wrestling entrance. What's like your that? What's your favorite term now? Yeah. Uh. What's my favorite term?
3: No, your phrase. The phrase.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: what is that? That's L.A. Knight's
2: thing. Oh, right. We just said it all the time.
3: He's, dude, L.A. Knight was great. He wore a ripped-sleeves jersey, had a ball at He's, the game. He's a big dude. He's a buff kid. He eats like dude,
2: every hour and a half, two hours, I think. Really? You oh, got it. You can't let your body go into metabolic that shock. Sounds- right, Brian? <laughs>
1: Right, Brian, Brian knows what I'm talking about. Hello <laughs> Brian.
2: But oh big shout out, Mike Janella crushed it.
3: I mean, it was such a fun
2: night. It was a lot was of fun. It was really cool. I'm a wrestling guy now. I'm about to make wrestling my whole personality. That's yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> usually what you do when you we'll find that, we'll find that. We'll, find yeah. out we'll, see. Yeah, we'll check in. I'm in gonna a be week. giving my daughter the old whatever <sighs> name a move. The ah. out <laughs> Suplex. Like the Bills fans when they're born, the baby's yes. yes. going I through the I table. Through
1: the table, <laughs> uh, almost football season. Fact, listeners are gonna love that, right. but. I guess we come coming on again Wednesday. A little less action at the stadium with yeah. uh LA Knight, but we're playing a fun game. I think we're going to try and play with you guys the rest of the season. Mark and I made our own uh Immaculate Grid game. Yes, can we use that term. Is that a trademark? Immaculate Grid. No, you're good. All right, we're gonna gonna we're gonna play some Mets Immaculate Grid. We got some really fun people come out center field play with us. Some TikTok's going to come out soon. TikTok's been active too, if you guys can keep the track on that, but. Look out for us in center field the rest of the season. Hit us up on Twitter if you want to play because we're going to be here for a bunch of games and we're going to have some fun games for you guys. Definitely. And that was fun to meet everybody before game three. We met someone who was a a viewer from the first
0: ever episode. Yeah. Ben. I think it might be Ben. I think uh, it's I Ben. Awful. He knows who it is. It's, been, it's been a long night. Hey, but Ben, hey, tweet. Yeah. For ben, maybe Ben. Tweet when you hear this. Yeah. 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 Say ben. Your name. Maybe Ben. Let name us know. Probably
2: like Dylan or something like that. <laughs> no, it wasn't Dylan. It wasn't
0: Dylan. I don't this know. This is
1: bad. I think it was Ben. Good podcasting. it's ah, good podcasting. I'm going <laughs> with Ben. Ben, <laughs> you know who you are. It's nice meeting you. Yeah. Your mom filled in the bottom corner of the Immaculate Grit. Yes. I think McNeil. That's a big, it's yes, a it Rumble was. Pony outfielder or something or Terry Collins something. I don't know. But yeah. That was a great way to start the day. It was fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was also a beautiful day at the ballpark. These last couple days of weather have been immaculate. New York, weirdly, I know I'm the jinx, but like I've never there's never been this good of an August in New York. It's gonna it's gonna (laughs) pour tomorrow. When (laughs) you guys are listening
0: to this, it's gonna be torrential downpour, no matter what. But yeah, Pete, another home run like we mentioned. Jeff got the home run as well. Pete, nine home runs in 18 games, which is power surge. I mean, when he's locked in, he's locked in. Yeah. And it seems like Uh, Feeling probably a little more healthy with the wrist along
1: with the home run derby gets that guy right. I don't know It's also this Cubs pitching staff. They all they're such soft Bad. They just all throw breaking balls low and like fastballs mid So he's just gonna go down there and do his favorite thing and just hit one up and out They do live low. They do have to because they don't throw hard exactly That's the kind of the organizational philosophy. That's why Pete always crushes them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense Right. Just clicked in my brain. They connected the wires. Uh, We got a question from John here coming in with some trivia since 2000 only four Mets have hit four-plus home runs in a series of two or three games. Can you name them? Uh, Kirk hmm. Nieuwenhuis.
2: No. Okay. But that's a good thought because, yeah. Daniel yeah. Murphy? Nope. Curtis Granderson. Yohannes no. Cespedes. No. They <sighs> hit three home runs in a game twice, but nope. Wow. This is
0: hit four-plus in a series. Uh, let's go Delgado. With... Nope. What? Mike that- Piazza.
2: No, Beltran. Yes, Ooh. Beltran did it in 06. Do we say David
1: Wright? Yeah, you just, you just. David did. Wright
0: not one. Oh,
1: David Wright in the ballpark tonight too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. My memory has been my parents, bad. My parents saw him in the Piazza Club. My mom said hi. He said hi back.
0: Apparently he was great on both TV and the radio as yes. well. Yes, I Which think it was
1: right. the
3: first time post career that he got to come to a game here with his children. Huh? Oh, yeah,
2: because he was here for the Hall of Fame ceremony. I, yeah. I don't know if they were here or not. I heard but of they were not.
3: It was just him and his wife.
0: This was the first time he got to come with his kids to a game. Very I heard cool. A very wholesome sound bite while I was in the bathroom, and uh, I think Howie was talking to him about just like his son and growing up and playing baseball, all that kind of stuff. He's like, "Yeah, if he wants to play baseball like great. He's like, that's great. He's Like, I just hope he's a good kid. Like, I hope he's respectful and treats others nice." I was like. What a wholesome guy. How do you not like David Wright? He's the man. Shout out to David Wright.
1: I love David Wright so much. Just a classy man. He's just so good. Awesome. He's a good guy. That's your guy, right? From, that's your favorite meta. Yes, ever. that's my guy for sure. That's a good one to have. Who, um, we need, what, we need two more of these? Uh, Mike, Mike G- Jacobs.
2: No. Mike Cameron. Oh, no, no, no. Mike. He, had the, he had a four homer in game yeah, once, the but now he's Mike Jacobs
0: had quite a series in Arizona. Uh, I'll never forget. Lucas
2: Duda. Lucas Duda, yes. Ike Davis. Ike Davis, no. <sighs> Lucas Duda. I, I think you were thinking about Ike Davis when you said Mike Jacobs. Because no. he had a game in Arizona, no?
1: Mike Jacobs, Jacobs had a game had in Arizona. series in Arizona. He did. Was that when was that when he
2: homered and then they flew him out there? He kept he stayed on the team. Pedro went to management, was yep. like, you gotta keep him. Yep. How old were you then? I
0: was I two thousand four, two thousand
3: five. I was, 05. Yeah, I was 05. eight years old. I would have been like seven or eight. Okay. No, nine. You nine, guys need to yeah. know John's been facing mortality a lot lately. And like every now and then we'll have a moment where he thinks about his age. So that was one of those
0: what, where he asked you how 46, 47?
1: Old... Something, something around yeah. there, yeah. yeah. John, also, John, if you remember, Mike Jacobs was a cyclone. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it I know. took he you so too long to lawn. say I Lucas Duda. You. you guys need to know. know with I him. I
0: know Man, it's always Lucas, Lucas Duda. His always immaculate grid. Though. That's Rich Hill. We we had a immaculate grid today. The <laughs> immaculate yeah. grid we did we did a Lucas Duda square for John. Let's not thank let's you. not tell
1: John though, because I still want John to do the immaculate. He grid He was gonna get it. I know, but I want him to do yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Today's but,
2: grid angered me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's
1: who's the fourth guy on this list? Yeah. Not that
2: not that long ago. Not that long ago. So it's it's Pete Beltran, Lucas Duda, and Lindor. Oh. The Yankee series.
1: Three homer game. Three yeah. Yeah, homer That yeah. makes sense. And then he
2: homered on Friday,
0: also. That's
1: serious. He did. He's been a beast. Yeah. It oh. was awesome. There was also a really cool play at the end of this game in the ninth inning with Francisco Alvarez. You guys should yes. check out the tweet from Codify. They did it really well. Minutia. He was, with three seconds left in the pitch clock, Phil Bickford had just came in the game. New Met. Probably not that uh, type of communication yet that they have. Francisco Alvarez put his fingers and his hand above his helmet and started snapping. Snapping a lot at Phil Bickford. Well, he was doing a really slow wind-up, looking down, looking back up. I wonder up. if
0: that's to get the pitch calm.
1: I think it's just for him to look. Oh, okay. And then, at the, once it got to one second, he didn't do anything, and there were men on, and he was in a two-strike count, so he didn't want to lose the advantage. And Francisco Alvarez put his hand up and started sprinting to the mound. Fast. Complete beeline right to Phil Bickford in the mound. And he got, he got off from the, uh, he got, didn't, didn't get a pitch clock violation. And? Phil Bickford got the save. He did. First save Phil as a Met.
0: First save as a Met. Uh, two fun facts about Phil Bickford. Gave up the 700th home run to Albert Pujols. So I was there. And he was drafted twice in the first round. One of the few people that's ever
1: happened to. You know what that means? He's got a live arm. Live arm. Live a big arm. big prospect. Arm.
2: He was traded for Will Smith,
0: right? Don't know about that. Which Will Smith? The yeah. lefty reliever. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, was, scared. he was a first-round pick for... by, I think, the Blue Jays and the Giants. So yeah. you just don't hear about that too often. Cal State Fullerton and yeah. CSUN. College of Southern Nevada. Yeah.
1: And anyway, he's got a good four fastball. It's got a good uh it's got really good movement, really good hop on it. So I mean it's something to work with. Yeah. No. Good series for the Mets. Yeah. A know. win. One <laughs> this is a crazy stat that John just dropped on us, too. Mets are 134 and one when leading after eight since the start of last season. Huh. I said
2: that in the control room in the ninth inning, and, and people how mad
1: did people get? Oh,
2: they got mad. You're I also said worst. this game is flying and then someone it got, got so hit. The worst. <laughs> You're the worst. And everyone You're everyone got mad here. about that. Thanks,
1: John. them. Well, um, what's the one?
2: Uh it was you don't want to talk I'll about talk it. about it in a second when yeah. we get the Estimate. I don't want to talk
1: about it.
0: Oh, I remember now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come <laughs> on, dude. Did I say that? Come on, man. Well, Ooh. It's a good hey, transition. Just give us the Estimate then. Rip
1: yeah. it off.
2: All right. Here we go. Braves-Mets. First time since that series. The yeah. uh, What was it? June 6th to 8th, I think it was, <sighs> that, that week in Atlanta. Um, and you talked about the Pete injury. And there was really no retaliation at all at that point in time. No. no.
1: Um,
2: the Mets get hit a lot by pitchers naturally. A lot. So... I'm not calling for anything. I have no idea what's going to happen, but a different one. How many hit batsmen will there be in this series? Four games because we have a day-night doubleheader on Saturday. So
0: you said players
1: hit by pitch?
2: Yep, total hit, total hit batsmen in the series. Total
1: hit batsmen. That's switch on us. This wasn't the estimate when we started the episode. No, for
0: sure wasn't. Um, I, I, I tried to come in with a sneaky one at one point, but I, not knowing the pitching, but I guess it's four guys since there's four games. you got the doubleheader on Saturday. Pretty much everyone's going to have to pitch, and I think Max Fried pitched tonight which means that he's probably not pitching in this series.
1: He's the most overrated starting pitcher in baseball.
0: So you're going to probably get Spencer Schreider, Charlie Morton, Bryce Elder, throw it again. Yeah, Chirinos.
1: Chirinos? Chirinos is the scheduled starter for Sunday. There's right now no scheduled starter for the second game on Saturday.
0: Okay, and I guess they bring up Jared Schuster. Has Elder been pitching? What? Elder? Elder has been pitching, I think. He's on the active roster. He might pitch on Friday. He's the most fake good pitcher of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fake good pitches out there. He's definitely the worst of them.
0: Uh, Okay, hit by pitch. I got a number.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess I got one too.
0: just kind of dive over the plate. Ronald Acuna loves to get hit and like really whine about it.
1: Ronald Acuna doesn't love to get hit and whine about it. Ronald Acuna loves to have nothing to happen to him and act like he has just been like shot by a sniper.
0: Yeah, that's like, right. Ronald
1: Acuna will like stub his toe and then flail on the ground for nine minutes and mm-hmm. act like the world is coming to an end. Yeah. Wow.
2: Remember him and Jose Ureña?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was electric. That was kind of fun though. I yeah. got a
0: YouTube video that is now probably I don't probably think it's going to happen anymore.
1: It. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I mean, hey, I mean, we, we're we we're, we're fans of the Acuna family in this podcast. Oh. Luis hell, Yeah. The the story that came out about Luis hell and uh, Ronald having, I believe he said, it was a $5,000 bet mm-hmm. on who would steal more bases this mm-hmm. year. And Luis hell has, I think, five already since coming to the Mets organization. Let's Let's that close. He get stole that money three on three. Tuesday night. Yeah, and th- that story dropped Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, then and then th- that night he went th- out and he stole three. Yeah, stole three bases. Yeah. That's, that's how bad
0: it is for Ronald Acuna since the Braves screwed him and paid him no money. He's making bets with his brothers in the minor leagues i know imagine
1: that his brother's probably almost as much money as him it's a real shame <laughs> i mean there's an organization like the braves you would think that they'd take care of their stars like i really hope that's not something that really tears this locker room apart no i can in never the near future it'd be never. terrible if it did
0: tension never
1: yeah because i mean like how much money like, like 50 million he's like already oh, he has 50 over 50 steals <laughs> that's a terrible ratio so you know I you I, should probably just quit like
3: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news
0: Should probably request a trade. Yeah, he should request a trade. There's no oh, reason for him to do that. He'll play for the Mariners. Respect or something. himself a yeah. little bit. If he has respect for the game,
1: yeah, he'll get paid more. Oh, 100. percent
0: But uh, yeah, hits by pitch. I got a number. Hits by pitch. Pitch by pitch. Hits by pitch. Hits yeah, I got something. Got a number. All right, John counts down. All right,
2: here we go. Three, two, one. Four.
0: four. Wow, so close. Arbitrary. Every time. What we want. Arbitrary. numbers yeah. were close every time. That's what we want. So uh, James, I said four. Mark
1: said five. Someone has to win. Someone has to win. <laughs> Someone has to win. And you pulled it and within one. I pulled within one after uh, the, all the lefty lefty matchups that came in the Cubs <laughs> series here. How many were there in total? Three.
0: There three, three. Yeah, three, three hits. hits. I think there yeah. were like
1: seven at bats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you would have needed a thousand batting average to win. <laughs> would have been impossible.
0: That's but yeah. What can Previewing I say? Previewing the Braves. I mean, we we know them. They're yeah. good. This team, like, okay, we have our fun. We like to take shots at the Braves. Best team in baseball, probably.
1: No, they're the they have the best record in baseball. Not okay. the Best team in baseball. Who is? I look. It's not them. That's fair. All right. You don't say that. Know, respect. Who <laughs> is <laughs> it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It would um, be the Rangers if
0: it's not them, probably. It's the it's it's the Braves. I'll take the Orioles. I, I mean, we know. John, shh, don't tell anybody. Probably. Okay. No, no, I mean the, Bra- we, the Braves. are a pretty not. good
1: team, but they have a rotation full of guys who cannot pitch in a big moment. <sighs> Max Freed's pitched in some pretty big moments. Charlie
0: Morton. Yeah, get Charlie, Charlie. Charlie do Morton. This Charlie Morton's the real one. Spencer Strider has never pitched in a big moment. Charlie Morton's Mr. Game Seven. Yeah, Charlie I take that all back. Charlie Morton's never pitched in a big game, and also stinks against the Mets. That. Bigfooted fraud Spencer Strider. <laughs> yeah, Spencer Strider the hippie
1: and his giant feet. Spencer Strider. I don't think a lot of people know this, but huge hippie. Yeah, uh, a <laughs> massive fan of indie. Loves the Strokes. The Strokes. Big Mets fans. Julian Casablancas, huge Mets fan. Many songs about the Mets. He wrote the song. I think it was called "Ode to the Mets." Julian Casablancas, the Strokes, on the Seven Train. He said, "Coming back." From the 2016 wildcard loss against the Giants. That's, why Why are we bringing all these sad times up?
3: Did I ever tell you guys I used to play pickup basketball with him? No. You? Yeah.
0: Wow, where?
2: Uh, Chelsea Pierce. Why do you say you like that? Why are you so disgusted? No,
0: I just. has got a wet J. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubting is that Joe's acumen. Oh, no. I
3: just no. <laughs> giggling so much when he said that. He took private baseball lessons at Chelsea Pierce. Wow. And um, he would just like come hang out with us and like play pickup basketball. Could
1: he hoop? I, wait. Yeah. How young was this? He was taking private lessons? Like, as an adult. So he, he was like in his like 30s taking private baseball lessons? Practicing. Yeah, yeah. I respect back the games. hell out of that. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I respect yeah. that. He loves ball. That'd be really cool, like having a sick album, like going on an amazing tour, coming back being like, I'm working on my game. I want to learn how to hit a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not? What's it do for a softball game, you think? Oh, it's probably awesome. He's got to be pretty good at it. Yeah, wow. Well, I'd love to talk to Julian Casablanca this one day. He's awesome. God, but, I hate the Braves. Yeah, this Braves team. Matt Ellis has 100 RBIs for some reason. And some, 40 home runs. Somehow, like, Freddie Freeman's having the best year of his career, and the Braves, like, don't even miss him. Don't miss him in the slightest. Which is just so rude. They will miss, like, one of the best players in their franchise history. Braves
0: have, like, two of the five best catchers in baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of them we know pretty well. One of them we're going to know pretty well. Also, you know, you have to. We, in life, life's all about second chances, and the Braves gave two two of those to Marcelo Zuna, and he's, has, he's having a good year. He's 23 home runs. Yeah, he plays way too much. I mean, Michael Harris was struggling the last time we played them,
0: and he was bad, and of course, he got hot, and now he's... Good. been hot for a while. Yeah. Orlando Garcia has cooled off a little
1: bit, hasn't yeah, he's he? He's still playing a tremendous shortstop, Yeah. And I'm just happy that he's the shortstop instead of that fraud Von Grissom that we know is going to be a hell of a left fielder one day. One day, he's gonna one day is going to be field. a great left fielder, but right now he has stone hands and noodle arm. He's still in the minor leagues. How's Nicky Lopez going to hurt us? That's my question. <laughs> Nicky Lopez, this is this is something that flew pretty under the radar around the trade deadline because it was so random. It actually happened right after we were in the studio that Sunday after the, the Scherzer trade episode, but the Braves acquired Taylor Hearn from the Kansas City Royals after Hearn, I believe, was DFA'd for cash considerations. Yeah. Two days later, they flipped Taylor Hearn, who was just acquired by them off the scrap heap for nothing. For a player Nikki Lopez, who was like a two-win, three-win utility player, doesn't strike out, plays really good defense, every spot in the infield. No two power, of course. 2025. 20, yeah, with two, two more full years of team control for literally nothing. A lot of, a lot of very smart people called it. One of the worst trades in baseball history, which is really funny to say. It's the also, royal side. Yeah, the royal side, of course. Just the fact that they, they gave the Braves like a free utility man who's in this prime for nothing. Follows me on Twitter. That's really? probably going to be a quick unfollow if I had to guess.
0: Yeah. It's, well, why? Well, because yeah, he's on the Braves. I guess. Yeah. Lot oh, of- you're going to unfollow him. No, he's going to have to unfollow me. He's oh. got to do it first. Well, he's Check if he has. Let's see. Yeah, Let's we'll see. He he we'll see live if Nikki Lopez has yet unfollowed me. Uh, Taiwan Walker hasn't yet unfollowed me. Nope, still follows me. Nikki Lopez. I Respect. A lot, of, uh, a lot of a lot of lot of baseball coming up here with the Braves. Yeah, I yeah, am. Four games. It's
1: so weird because just a year after we won four out of the five from them, that huge series at Citi yeah. Field last summer. Oh, it hurts.
0: Who's your least favorite Brave, not named Chipper Jones of all time? Oh, of all time. Yeah. Oh there's God. there's one Braves player that I like. I have a special place in my heart for. I really like him. I I hated Julio. Armando Galarraga or not Andres Galarraga. My mm, bad. That's, so, that's like big before hat. our
1: time though. But I I've always I hated hated Julio Teran. Mm. Hated him. Hmm. Yeah. Good you know, pickoff
2: move. Did you know that? What? Yeah, a really good pickoff move. Huh.
1: A variety. It's impressive. I yeah. also. I don't even know why, but like back in the day, I used to. Because now I like him, looking back in his career. But I hated Raphael Call. He was such a Ooh. pest. Yeah, I hated so him. many annoying things. Marcus Giles really Ugh. hated Marcus Giles. I heard he's. Like I heard he's a big
0: sleepwalker. Marcus, Marcus Giles Giles is a big sleepwalker.
1: There's yeah, got
2: to be. A I have that on. I have that on, on, on. Good. Uh... Okay, yeah. I'd love to wake him up. Yeah, <laughs> not supposed to do that. That's what I mean. That's the worst thing you can do. I I, uh, I spoke
3: to a former manager of Major League Baseball recently, who was telling me that they hate Greg Maddox
2: because he cheated. Ooh, openly. scandalous! And said that he cut the ball up quite a bit. Ooh,
3: scandalous!
2: You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. You know who mine is? Who's? He really. I don't even know how many games he played for the Braves, but he was a brave. It's Francisco Cervelli. Ooh, yeah, he's Francisco Cervelli's annoying. No, dude, I could not stand annoying. Francisco Cervelli. In like 2011 when he was Yankee catcher. Oh god, he, I hate him. He was it. a real
0: mm. heads-up player. He did this thing where like on a high pitch he'd pretend like it went behind him and like go fake run for it
1: so that yeah. hopefully a guy He was a smart oh, ball he, player, heads you know, up. You know who else I always despise? Now I hate him so much more. Smalt ooh, can't stand him. Tough, oh, tough. Listen, also, like again, he signed with the Mets, so it changed it a little bit. <laughs> even after two thousand seven, but I really didn't like Tom Glavine when I was, yeah, a real I kid. was about to break. Tom Glavine made me mad when I was like six years old. Yeah, <laughs> he made me pretty. frustrated. I have a hot take. Tom
2: Glavin's my career was not as bad as people like to know. No, there was there were moments that were mic, bad. Cut his mic. There <laughs> were moments that were bad, but and like yeah, he moments, actually. Yeah. Moments. Moments that were bad. Yeah. Remember Ryan Langerhans? Yeah, I yeah. Didn't like him either. Or Matt Diaz.
0: Oh, Matt Diaz.
1: Ryan, Ryan Langerhans followed me on Twitter, and immediately unfollowed me. See what I did? There. I just totally changed. No, topic no, John. Right there. I'll. I'll. That, that day, 2007, at the time, was the worst day of my life. <laughs> that
2: was bad. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't happy with Tom mm-hmm. Glavin. I was
1: 11 years old. Yeah. That's. That was as bad as it got. Your world's crumbling. Oh my God. I had like I think I've told a story in the podcast before, but then new listeners out there, I had like a child's rocking chair, like a little small one I had since I was a baby, and I picked it up over my head, 11 years old, I still fit in it, I'm a small guy now, I was always a small kid, picked it up over my head and smashed it on the ground. <laughs> my mom was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm really mad. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I have anger. anger. I don't work, know how to get rid of it. You were the
0: opposite of that little kid today at the Mets game. Yeah, I, was, a lot of, well, I was probably like that in August. Yeah.
1: I was probably at the Mets game doing the exact same thing in August. Did you have as much ice cream, though? That's Definitely question. not. My parents are <laughs> not big. They weren't going to give me that much ice cream. They <laughs> nah. knew better. Here's a, here's a really sneaky one I always hated. Jorge Sosa. Ooh. He was, a great he some met. was the Mets, though? Yeah, in 07, he was yeah, a Mets. He was a great reliever. But I didn't yes, like he back then. started yeah. a few games. At four, 2004,
0: 2005 the Braves, I really hated them. Yeah. Man, they got a lot of guys I God, just
1: Ugh. hated. I hate this organization, but I'd love to beat them. We what could do them. Kevin nowood we could do a whole half hour on how much we hate every guy in the Braves. McCann hard though, but we got just got in this episode. Can I say somebody I like?
3: Yeah. Yeah, go for it. I love Jeff Francoeur, and I'll never <laughs> right. stop loving him. Frenchie was a met. Yeah,
1: That's Frenchie, Frenchie was
0: nice. He's good in the booth, too. Kelly Johnson was a good Met. He had a big little uh little run for us in fifteen. Yeah.
1: Wilson Betemitt. You can't really hate Wilson Betemate, I guess. Yeah. I'll sure. Know. I guess I don't yeah. hate Wilson Betemitt. Feels like a great way to end talking <laughs> about the Braves. We just brought up Wilson Betemint. Mike
0: Remlinger. Uh, all right, so <laughs> that was this episode of the Mets Up podcast. There's fly on my cup. <laughs> for, oh, there is. Thank you guys for listening. We're getting crazy here. James talking about flies. Follow us on all our social media at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel so you can see the video version of this. We're having fun. You're going to want to watch this. Uh, if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And me, Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you after the Brave series. Peace out. Peace out. See you next time.